0: Everybody and welcome to That's Life, where I'm coming to you from one of my favorite places in Jerusalem. It is the breakfast buffet at the Inbal, and I'm only being partially funny. Good morning, everyone. My name is Miriam El Wallach. I'm the blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday morning at 10:30 a.m. right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. A lot going on this week. Coming to you this morning from Jerusalem to let you know that this uh, episode of That's Life was recorded yesterday meaning to Bishvat Wednesday, while we were still in Yerushalayim, I wanted to make sure, if possible, to get this interview in. And I was, or am, able to get this interview in, and I'm very excited to be able to share it with you. But before I do that, good morning to Yoni Pollock. Hey, good morning. How are you?
1: Doing well, and yourself? Did you sleep at all? I think I combined 15 hours or so,
0: so oh. that's not bad for three
1: days. That's for not bad. you? Yeah, not bad at all.
0: For you? It's like a week here. Uh, about. Exactly. So Yoni never gets any sleep here, and the reason for that is because he's working all night. And that's just what these trips are. It's not a vacation. It is a work trip. And we really have put in our hours this week, and it has been tremendously gratifying being able to bring the Kosher Halftime Show here to Jerusalem, record it at Sharid Zedek Medical Center in Jerusalem with a number of unbelievably smiling faces and, frankly, a lot of comforted parents who really found our interaction with their kids and specifically Mayor Kay and Ohad's interaction with their kids um, gratifying and comforting as their children were all in the hospital for various reasons, some of whom were basically waiting for surgery. And this, you know, there was downtime in the hospital and these kids are fasting and these are little kids. And what are their parents going to do with them? Well, lo and behold, we need them for filming. And so all of these wonderful little kids who are being prepped for surgery were able to take part in something fun and distracting and engaging and, and something that relieved a lot of their stress. So for me, I found that very um heartwarming and also it made the parents lives a lot easier and I, and I think you saw that also
1: yeah i mean i to me it's like enough can't be said about the job that mayor k did and oh and i hope it's portrayed in the video um and if and if it's not at least in like in our instagram stories mayor k's instagram right. i mean you could see it, it just the the interactions with the kids like you said and their faces afterwards and the laughing you, you oh like in mayor giggling. k's video like the giggling like they're just so excited having such a great time in a place, in a hospital, that's, you know, unfortunately sometimes could be a sad place. We turned it around the last few days. And oh, it's for been sure. Great.
0: For sure. You know, it's funny that you say that because yesterday Ohad and I were sitting and we were schmoozing and it was like a quiet moment. And he said to me, you know, I want you to know <laughs> I got here Monday morning and I got out of the cab and I'm walking up to the hospital and I said to myself, my God, this is a terrible idea (laughs) he said and he said by halfway through the day I didn't feel that way at all he's like it was just it was amazing and it's 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 been great and it's been so much fun and who knew that a hospital could be a happy place and and I think that that's part of I mean, that's always the way Shari Sadek has treated children. Right. And you can see by the development and the design of their ward and everything that they do in order to make sure that kids are as comfortable as possible, both emotionally and physically. And, and, and we, we were part of that. And, and it's, it's great. It, it really is great. And you're 100% right. I cannot thank, I personally cannot thank Mayor Kay and O'Had enough um, for two people who have never worked together. They really worked together beautifully. Um, It's almost as if Mayor Kay has been studying Ohad from afar, looking through his work, etc., and being able to walk onto this job and say, this is how I'm going to direct this guy. This is how I'm going to handle this guy. And I I also, and I think that we, we all felt this way, we did not appreciate how much of a perfectionist Mayor K is in terms of his work. Everyone sees him as the persona, and that's great, and his persona is wonderful. Everyone sees it, um, and it comes through in his videos, and it comes through in his stories, et cetera, et cetera. But when you see him behind the camera and you realize that there is an unbelievable professional there who has the highest regard both for the people he's working with and the project that he's working with, you're blown away. Yeah,
1: I mean, there were there were times where we, we literally took, like, you know, 15 oh. takes, and you could tell the people involved in the takes, they were like, yeah, let, let's keep doing it. We know what Mayor Kay has done in the right. past. This is what he expects, and we have no problem doing it because we know that at the end of the day it's going to come out great.
0: Right, and I think that that was also... Um, My thanks as well, in part, to that is not only to Ohad, but to David Fadid and to FDD. Um, We work with them. We do wonderful work with them. We love working with them. But they're also a production company. So what happened here is that they looked at us and said, we get who you hired. We are going to trust you, and we're going to trust him, mm-hmm. and we're going to let him do his magic. And that was it. And the same thing was true with Shari Tzedek. And and they, I mean, the ideas that Mayor Kay came up with, for those of you who have seen his Instagram story and seen our posts and the posts that I've shared, about the paint party, the paint fight, the DJ party. I mean, it was a hospital. Like, there are surgeries going on here. But for a while, you couldn't tell. No. For a while, you couldn't tell because we were throwing paint all over the place and then scrubbing the floor. But, that was, <laughs> but that's great. That's great. And so I also have to completely thank, wholeheartedly thank the Rothenburg Law Firm um, for supporting us and, and, and for being with us and hearing that we were bringing this crazy project to children in a hospital and saying, that's it. How can we help? What can we do? And, of course, as I mentioned before, the American Committee for Shari Tzedek. I'd like to thank the INBAL. They've been wonderful hosts. As usual, it is very easy to be here. It really is. It's very easy to be here to Yeshiva University and the One Israel Fund and Carmel Winery, all of whom are commercial sponsors. To Mayor Kay himself, um, just really thank you very much. And to Steinrach, who has been getting out Steinrock Communications, who has been getting out our message and getting out this crazy, crazy story. Um, I thank them as well. There is not one partner here on this project, and I don't. I, I can't always say this. Um, both on air or in the studio. But there's not one team, there's not one partner that we worked with on this that hasn't been remarkable. Mm-hmm. And um, and Yoni, I have to thank you as always for your dedication. And the way you assisted... Mayor Gay in this production for the last three days has been tremendous.
1: Little do you know, I've been actually working with him for the last few years. So I you know, we imagine. Have chemistry. It
0: seems like you're leaving <laughs> us and going to him. Yeah, right? Not that I necessarily blame you, but <laughs> um, but yeah. but So thank you. And of course, um, my heartfelt thanks to Nahum. Um, it is a pleasure to work this hard. I say it all the time, and I, I say it publicly, but it is a pleasure to work this hard for somebody who is so wonderful and who is such a great leader. This couldn't happen anywhere else. I, I've, I I, joke that we're the only ones doing this. Whatever the this is at that moment, we're the only ones doing this. Well, guess what? We're the only ones doing this. And it's a testament to Nahum and to his mission and to what he envisioned for this network to be. So I thank him wholeheartedly, and... Um, that's it. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing to work this hard. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And my guest this morning, I'm a little bit of a fan, even though we have just met yesterday, because I'm completely in awe of people in this line of work. My guest this morning is Chef Nir El-Yakim. He's the executive chef at the Inbal Chef. Good morning this morning. Good
2: morning, and welcome to the Inbal Hotel.
0: Thank you very, very much. I, I already apologize that I have more questions than we have time for. But Not a problem. Thank you. Okay, great. So. I guess the basics, how did you start in this line of work?
2: After I was dist- uh, left the army, I uh, was an officer in the tank brigade, <laughs> and uh, I thought, what can I do with myself? And I, tr- I said, okay, I like cooking at home, let's try it. And I went to study it, and I saw that I'm good at it, and uh, I st- started in the hotel business, and... Very fast, I went up in the ranks uh, of the uh, in the kitchen, and at 28 years old, I found myself uh, a chef in wow. one on the hotel in uh, Tel Aviv, and uh, I decided I need more practice and more knowledge, so I went uh, to an Italy and uh, Napoli, and, uh, and then uh, to Bologna, and then to Switzerland and a little bit in Germany, but. Uh, Mostly I am self-taught uh, by trying stuff and uh, working with other chefs. That's the most important things to do. To work with other people, see new ideas, never think that you know everything. <laughs> and, uh, and I love the cuisine around us. Right. And uh, for me, this is what made the Israeli cooking. To
0: take ideas from everything around us and uh, to put it in your food. I I hear that completely. Did you ever imagine yourself running a hotel, running a kitchen in a hotel, or you saw yourself in a restaurant or a private chef, or this just made the most sense to you? After the the first stage in hotel,
2: I knew that this is what I like to do. Wow. To be in a big system, to run a big kitchen. I tried a restaurant, and it's not for me. I I tried other stuff, uh, big catering and stuff like this. I always come back to the hotels.
0: What is about? Well, how long have you been at the Inball? Uh, more than three years. And and what is it about the hotels and that kind of a kitchen that that is so attractive to you? Uh,
2: I um, I like big kitchens. I like the hierarchy between everybody. Sounds a little bit like in in an army. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, an officer no and you're the general and, and, and the general of course and uh, but the special thing in this hotel is the atmosphere and uh, I like a bonding between the guests and the crew as you've seen I like to walk in uh, the restaurant and uh, talk to the guest and get the immediate feedback Then that's what I love in cooking right it's not like a, you do a high tech okay you do a project and you get the feedback after one year every second
0: Right. Well, that's what working with Jews, right? <laughs> when, you're <laughs> when you're feeding Jews... Th- this is every half second
2: <laughs> when you work with Jews.
0: Exactly. When you're feeding Jews, they'll let you know when they like something and they'll let you know when they don't. Yeah,
2: but I think I already learned what they like mm. after so, so many years. I'm
0: sure. So... Th- You know, when you talk about the relationship between people at the in and their guests, we we joke that when we come here, it's being home. It's very comfortable.
2: It's home away. Like in home, it's your second home. Exactly. And uh, I don't always remember the names for the guests.
0: You remember but their faces.
2: I remember the faces and I remember what they like to eat. Oh. So I have Mr. Duck and Mr. Lamb. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I, that's how I remember them.
0: And are there times where you have made things or you've changed the menu and your guests have come to you and said, Chef, I appreciate that you tried this, but this is not for us. Yeah, sometimes people come
2: and say, Oh, you changed. I like the, the other dish that you used to make. Why did you change this? Because I tell them, I need it right. for myself. I need it for the crew and uh, maybe we do it for a few weeks, maybe we go back to the other dish if, if, if people don't like it, but we always try new things, if not... Why, you st- why are you in this business? Right. It's boring.
0: Right. And, and here uh, with is in Israel, with the produce being so wonderful and so fresh and everything tasting, I, I said to Yoni before, as I was having my breakfast <coughs> shakshuka, that there's nothing like the eggs. Farm fresh eggs, They they taste completely different than the ones that you get in the States that have been, you know, gone through every company but here I, I can tell or the factory i should say but here i can tell that somebody delivered those eggs here from their farm
2: what we like uh, here and what we do is fresh 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 you, you can see in breakfast we are cooking in front of the guests right. you can see everything being cooked in front of you uh, the eggs the potatoes the focaccia you can see how we cook it it's not from yesterday, no Everything is fresh and and what what for me is Israeli cuisine. you eat a shakshuka. okay it's not israeli it's come from Tunisian and stuff like this, but we do a twist you eat the the sauce that is classic, but the egg that you eat is a poshed egg right it's not been cooked in On the, the, sauce the shakshuka. Like, like the the classic way we change things the the, the way uh, we want them to be a new stuff in in, in uh, Israeli cuisine, and you see a focaccia. Nobody in Italy puts zata on a focaccia <laughs> or sumac on a focaccia right. uh, or sesame seeds. This is the new kitchen.
0: Excellent. How many people are in the? How many people are in your staff? What does the kitchen look like?
2: Uh, it's a big kitchen, not not huge but big, about thirty-two people.
0: Thirty-two chefs work under you.
2: Chef and commie chef, yeah.
0: Wow. That is huge. And now, the, as we know, that the hotel is under renovations, and we're all excited to see what the other half of the hotel is going to look like when it's all done. How has that affected the kitchen?
2: For now, no effect. But it's used because we finished the kitchen first.
0: Oh. Well,
2: most of the kitchen is new. So I don't care what happened anywhere <laughs> else. My kitchen is new.
0: <laughs> most happy. of the equipment is new. That's great. And
2: seriously, the owner has been wonderful. They l- renovated most of the kitchen. I got an amazing clean kitchen and uh, new, a lot of new equipment. And, uh, so I can use the equipment and cook in other ways like sous vide. I was going to
0: ask you if they, if they bought you a sous vide. I have a sous vide in my kitchen that my husband does not like. My kids love it and my husband doesn't like it. How have the guests have reacted to your sous vide?
2: Uh, they don't know it most of the time, What they're eating sous vide. Interesting. When they say, "Why? what is this meat? It's amazing. Then I tell him, tell him the secret. Could cure me 24 hours in, right. uh, in water. 62 degrees in water and, and uh, in a vacuum bag, and you can do it. And now it's becoming more, let's uh, say, fashionable to do it at home also. Right. And you can buy equipment for home.
0: You can buy a lot of things but at my home. My equipment
2: costs about $20,000 each.
0: Wow. I'm assured that's an, a massive, <laughs> it's probably a massive sous vide. Well,
2: 100 liter.
0: Whoa. Oh, just a hundred yeah, later. No, no, it. not such a big deal. No. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I am joined by Sh- Executive Chef Nir Eliakim, who is joining me this morning. I took him away from something. I hope I didn't leave anything on the stove before you came out here.
2: Hmm. I have enough right? <laughs> to, to check it for me.
0: So, so many people are here. And as we say, this is their home away from home. And especially for the Chayim, when they come for Yom Tov, when they come for the Yom Tovim here, it's a bigger responsibility for the chef to make sure that they are feeling at home because you don't want somebody to bring their whole family, whether it's for Pesach or Sukkot, and feel like what they're eating is not what they would eat at home. So how do you, number one, make sure that they feel that hominess for their food? And also, how do you deal with what the Sephardim want to eat and what the Ashkenazim want to eat?
2: Let's talk about Ashkenazim and Sephardim.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: It's easy. Ashkenaz people will eat Sfaradi's cooking. Sfaradi's cooking, what is <laughs> Ashkenaz cooking? But we do both. We we keep the classic gefilte fish and uh, chop liver and stuff like this. But uh, we also do uh, cookings with the local taste, mm-hmm. Jerusalem and the Galilee taste and stuff like this. Uh, and and I don't uh, think, okay, we'll do only classic cooking. And they have it at home. I don't want to cook what they they can eat at home. I cook other things that they they can't cook at home. Mm. And uh, I keep the classic. But most of the things, it's nothing that are used to eat at home. So that's why they feel that we are doing special things for them.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So they feel, they feel they're, 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 those flavors that they're used to are there, the spices, the aromas that they're used to are there. But the food in front of them is not exactly what they're used to. And so they're on vacation and that they're enjoying their in experience without being so far from what they're used to.
2: They have what they used to. If they, if they are not open to new stuff, they ah. have what they used to. But if they are willing to try new things, Got it. they have it. And most of the people are open to new things. I said, what, are you crazy? What is the, this in breakfast? We don't even recognize this. And I said, okay, this is called knafe. It's a local pastry made from a special string of paste and mm. cheese. And I say, okay, we try it. And then they come back to eat it again. <laughs> and when I take it off, the menu, well, but what is the special thing that you used to have here? Why did you take it off? I tell him, because we need to try something else.
0: And the Ashkenazim feel the same way? Yeah.
2: No, there's no problem uh, s- when we do tasting let's say for uh, Pesach uh, evening dinner and I put something that are not classic uh, in front of the manager of the hotel and uh, tell them okay taste this this is what we are going to do You say are you sure hmm. this is not classic then what we do is open with classic things I give filter fish, chop liver salmon gravidlax uh, and stuff we give them this also But we say, okay, you can have another first course that is not classic. Interesting. Then they will never complain because they have the classic and not
0: the classic. Right, they have the choice. The choice is theirs. The choice is theirs. That's really interesting. Is there a spice or an ingredient that's your favorite to work with?
2: I love to work with Zata, if you know what it is. Sure. It's from the family of the oregano in my and Right. Yeah, but it's special for the local cuisine. Uh, I like to work with China. Nice. And to do crazy stuff with it and serve it with a lot of dishes. Uh, and uh, for me, uh, the way to uh, put, let's say, yogurt in uh, other way that you eat it in, uh, I don't know, uh, Europe. Okay. And to serve it on eggplants, and not only as a, a in thing that is separate from the food. Got if it. Really not like as a dip. Not as a dip.
0: Right. So mm. you're, you're drizzling it on the... It's, what is it called? It's Chatzilim baladin? Yeah. Baladi, right. yeah. baladi. And you're drizzling it on there, and so it becomes part of it. Yeah. To, it's amazing to me how many recipes in magazines that come out of the <coughs> States, um, a, classic magazines, whether it's food and wine, and actually this month's Cooking Light... that tchina is incorporated into so many different recipes at this point, not only because it's actually good for you in its purest form without what you get in the pizza store with your falafel, but also because Israeli cuisine is so trendy. It's so hot when you have authors and and chefs in the United States, like Michael Solomonov from Zahav Restaurant, and you have all these different cookbooks that are coming out all over the world and they feature Israeli cuisine. You're just you're blown away by the fact that all of a sudden all of these different fancy magazines and fancy chefs are incorporating Middle Eastern flavors, things that we're used to here that we've been seeing in the inball for God knows how long, and all of a sudden they're open to it and they're welcome to it because it's amazing. It's a whole brand new like life where where israeli cuisine is so hot it's so trendy does that surprise you
2: no because it's about time they found <laughs> about it <laughs> for us it's something we eat every day right and we're used to it so we don't understand we understand what is so special about it but maybe we forgot a little bit because mm-hmm. we eat You're it so every used day. to it so when they f- they meet it now then they say what is this taste we never made it we never eat it and they they are blown away right and we enjoy that they, they are blown away
0: and when you go home at night does someone else do the cooking are you sick of cooking no, once no, you've no, got you, home you know
2: chef eats crap when you when, when go home <laughs> we, we 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 open the fridge what is we eat you know what is chaval
0: Yes. Okay,
2: no, no, no. We don't throw it away. I will eat it. Give it to me. <laughs> the children refuse, but we eat. Right, whatever it is, we'll take yeah, it at that we're point. you are too tired when you go, too we go tired. On 12 hours a day in the kitchen.
0: Right, I'm sure. But what, what would you consider your signature dish? Every executive chef, every chef has their one thing that basically represents him or her. What to you is your signature dish?
2: Okay. Uh, we, are, we used to have a restaurant here. We closed it for uh, reno- renovations. renovations called the Sofia Restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was Italian, but not classic Italian. Okay, Some of the dishes are classic, but used to be. And we will open a new restaurant uh, in the summer that will be meat and not dairy. And uh, one of the dishes I created was, um, if you know you know what baklava is? Sure. Okay. It's sweet usually. Mm-hmm. I, I I created a savory baklava. Classic uh, mascarpone, classic ricotta. But with uh, fresh zaatar inside, and
0: uh, still with the phyllo.
2: Still with the phyllo, but I I did layers. Nice. Big ones, and I serve it be with uh, chopped onion, chopped uh, almonds, wow. and uh, chopped garlic. They've been cooked together, the garlic and the onion, and it's take Italy, and it takes Jerusalem together. Huh. I love this it, dish.
0: It, it layered like a Napoleon?
2: It layered like a Napoleon, yeah. Wow. With the cheese inside and the onion and almonds around, and a little bit of, you know, you uh, what sumac is the, sure. the red uh, spices. And,
0: and honey or no honey? No, no, not sweet. So not it's sweet all, all savory. All savory. Interesting. Yeah. And that it, was, that's
2: you. I call it uh, Rome Meat Jerusalem.
0: And that's you. Yeah. That is your... That sounds, uh, and when, when, the, when it reopens. No, it won't be anymore. Oh, because it's, it's going to be, minutes. right, it's going to be Bessari. It's going to be Bessari. All right, so you've got to put it at the breakfast so that when I come back. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. We're running out of time. I want to ask you one more question. Okay. So there's been a lot of excitement between President Trump's visit and Vice President okay. Pence's visit. I, I know you're looking at me saying, what in the world is she going to ask Yeah. So so President Trump and Melania Trump if they were staying at the inval, what would you make them? What dish would you, oh, say, come on. You have to, they have their own personalities, right? And everyone knows President Trump's personality. He shares a lot of his personality with the okay. rest of the world. Melania being this, this reserved, beautiful woman who seems to be very classy and have a tremendous amount of grace. If you had to make them a dish, the President of the United States and the First Lady, what would you make them?
2: Interesting question. <laughs> I usually, there's I usually think about a menu like this uh, for two weeks. <laughs> but uh, but hey,
0: I just had. I, I was thinking about it because I, I'm walking through Eshelaim, and there's still all the billboards. You know, v- uh, Vice President Pence. Thank you for your support, and thank you for moving the embassy, and every, you know all of this. So it just occurred to me, and that he was just here last week. So it just occurred to me, you know, maybe maybe there would be something. Interesting or cool? If you were serving them a fancy meal,
2: the, c- the question is, would you dare to do something which is special and lo- a bit local? Hmm. Let's say, like in Israeli cuisine, or you go uh, the safe way and do like a filet mignon. And uh, if you choose to, to go uh, for, for something more Israeli, I probably use frike. Okay. It is sure. Smoke, smoke wheat and. May I don't know if like if you like lamb, but I would do lamb chops on, on top of the frike uh, and maybe and maybe serve it a, bit, a little bit uh trina with arisa. A nice. Of,
0: uh, little kick.
2: Yeah, to give it a little kick.
0: Do you ever work with cilan? Of course. So I I'm 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 picturing your lamb. If lamb and cilan they don't work well together because lamb's too I, strong?
2: For me it doesn't work together. Okay. But uh Every every Friday when we do a duck in the, the Friday dinner, we we will give them marinated uh, with silan and thyme.
0: Wow, that sounds great! And what would be a dessert if you were going that route for the Trumps? Which is, by the way, sounds like a delicious dish. Really does. I I recommend it. But if you are if you're going if you're going that route, would you go back to the classic? Would you just stick with your baklava or something that is classically? Classically Israel, or would you say, you know what? If you've trusted me this far, maybe you'll trust me a little bit further and go somewhere else with it. I know I have to wrap it up. (laughs) up. (laughs) Yoni's looking at me like, you got to stop talking about food.
2: For sure, it will be something with Trina, sweet Trina, but the natural way, not diluted.
0: Ah. Interesting, that kind chalva. of, right, the chalva, that's yeah.
2: a, I will go this way, I, this way.
0: Well, when you have them over, please invite me as well, because uh, okay. I would you, you will
2: do the tasting before.
0: Okay. Okay. It would be my pleasure. B'simcha. Chef, I thank you so much for joining me. I hope I didn't take you away from things in the kitchen too long, this conversation. I promise you, and Yoni knows, because I talk about food way too much, I, I could talk to you for hours, but I hope that the next time we come, we'll be able to do part two. Not a problem. Thank you very thank much. Again, thank you. Executive Chef back. Nir el joins joined us this morning. Again, Chef, thank you so much. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Segal Network. I don't remember the last time I really ran out of time so quickly with a guest, but this was a tremendous amount of fun. You've been listening to That's Life and from Jerusalem. I should just say, and we are wrapping up this trip. Um, when The next time you hear my voice, it will be in New York, please God, and after a very, very successful stay here at the Inbal and a successful visit to Jerusalem. The live lunch starts right after this program at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, hosted by Nahum Siegel, going until 1 o'clock. And, of course, a full afternoon of programming continues after that, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, the Arab Shabbos show, hosted by Mark Samic, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. And that will be encored tomorrow morning, as it has been since it started. It is a wonderful, wonderful program. My thanks to Mark for that. 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Join Nahum as he hosts J.M. and the A.M., from till 9 a.m. in the morning, we have a, a, a full program tomorrow morning, including weekly update with Malcolm Holmline and, of course, a number of kosher halftime guests. So you do not want to miss that. Stay with us because then at 9 a.m. we have table for two with Naomi Nachman and, of course, the 10 a.m. encore of the Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zomic Saturday night. Matze Shabbos, Saturday Night Seagull with a Rummy starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. of the day of the big game, this Sunday, 7 a.m. Of course, we have Montes with JM Sunday. And guys, We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. 8 p.m. Eastern Time during the big game. Do not miss the Kosher Halftime Show brought to you by everyone here at the Nachum Siegel Network and, of course, all of our wonderful, wonderful sponsors. 8 p.m. com. Don't miss a moment of it. Of course, if you do, we will be encoring it. We'll be breaking it up. We'll be sharing it. But you want to watch it in real time. I promise you, if what we've seen this week is a touch of just how crazy and great it will be, it's certainly one for the books. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.